0: Corporate travel is one of those things that, like, sucks. So I'm going to take it back in any way that I can. Consider this your fair warning. We talk fast, we move fast, we swear fast. So if you're listening at 2 speed, you may miss some content, but you also the f bombs. You're welcome. Hi, I'm Vanessa. And I'm Holland. You're listening to Ask Your Work Wife. Where every week we answer your questions about how to get more out of corporate America.
1: Hi, WorkWives. It's Jane from Fairfax, California. I just started a role that requires quarterly travel, and I'm excited but nervous, too, because I've never traveled for work. So what's the deal? How does booking flights work? What do I need to know? Thanks a lot.
0: Jane, oh my God, I'm so excited. Everyone hates corporate travel, but I love it. You do? Oh my God, I super do, because like... What else? What else am I gonna get to travel for free and see this country? Sometimes this world. I don't know. <laughs> that's like, really cool. You know what I mean? Like it's. I love it. Have wait, hang on. Have you ever done corporate travel before, Holland? No. <gasps> but, but but how did I not know this? Yeah, no, I haven't. But Especially because I've only been in corporate America for two years. Yeah, I was like that's <laughs> actually like now I think about I'm like when would you have done that for the yoga studio that's <laughs> yeah, based no. in Houston? I don't I mean, think I so. Love yeah. Me.
1: You can send me where you want but um <laughs> hey. but yeah no I have my first trip um later this month actually <gasps> mm-hmm. oh my god I'm so excited so I'm kind of prepping for that mentally and I'm a little nervous to be honest okay. with you
0: all right well I, pfft, listen let's go through this I'm gonna download a whole bunch of shit into your brain you and Jane are gonna learn this together I'm sorry it's gonna be a whole lot of me talking but like you're gonna be so fucking prepared by the time we're done with this episode okay. you're gonna love it I'm gonna convert you I'm I'm pretty sure Listen, Jane Holland, I'm just speaking to both of you now. Like, this, is, this is a vibe. Um, corporate travel is one of those things that like sucks or can suck. I get it. There's all of these things where like the company is extracting your personal time and your life. They're just dominating hours that they don't usually have rights to in order to further their business. And, and I don't love that. So I'm going to take it back in any way that I can. And one of those is making sure that like in the downtime, I have things scheduled for me whether it's a like a massage or visiting the art museum or going to a show or seeing this like traveling exhibit that only exists in that city or visiting I don't know the country music hall of fame you know what I mean (laughs) like whatever the thing is that that city's good at or known for like I want to set aside time for myself to do that I'm a huge proponent of like they're taking extra time from me and I'm going to figure out how to make it work for me
1: Well, and they really are, aren't they? Because normally you'd work 8 to 5 and you have all the hours before 8 a.m. and all the hours after 5 p.m. that are your discretionary time to do what you will with. But when you're traveling, all of a sudden
0: that before 8 a.m. time,
1: and that post 5 p.m. time is co-opted. Yeah, and you're out of your normal
0: routine. So you don't have any, like, I don't have my regular shit here. I don't have other projects I can work on. Like, if it's not my laptop or the three pieces of business casual clothing I brought, I don't have anything to work on. Like. You're, You're not bring your stained glass yeah, with exactly. you in the airplane. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So like this can be a thing where the company is just extracting a lot of things from you or it can be a fair play. And I say, let's make it fair. So there's a couple like, I don't know, general rules I have for how to optimize work travel. If you're in charge of scheduling your own flights, this is my favorite hack. And this is why it's up top. I'm sure if Holland optimized this episode and like her perfect little outlines, it would go somewhere else. But I'm putting it up top. It's the most important thing. (laughs) (laughs) If you're in charge of booking your own flights, build in some buffer time. And what I mean by that is most people who are doing corporate travel just want to get in and get out and go home. I support that for most people. However, if you really want to do this for you. You can either do this on the front or the back. I don't know if you can do it in both ways without somebody slapping your wrist. But either on the front end, you schedule your flight in early. Like, fuck crack of dawn, arrive in town. The first thing with your client is not scheduled till later in the day. That gives you all kinds of time, maybe half a day to wander around town. Maybe a few hours for a long, luxurious lunch, whatever it is. You've got a whole day ahead of you. You're really speaking my language. I, super, I was like, Shh. I Throw know. the word luxurious in there. <laughs> I'm in. I understand my audience is both our audience, but also you in this episode. So I'm talking to you. Thanks. I'm convinced. Um, if you're worried about hanging out with your luggage, Pop by your hotel first. You probably can't check in until 2 or 3 in the afternoon. Right. they will hold your luggage. They'll hang on to it. That way you take your purse, you take your backpack, and you just go. Go see a museum. Go see the waterfront. Go see the tallest tower. Pick one or two things that you want to do and just go do them. And then you go back to the hotel when you can check in, take a shower, freshen up, go meet with a client. You can also do that on the back end. This is my favorite way to do it. Let's say I'm supposed to be there from Tuesday to Thursday. I will talk to the client and probably like schedule a meeting for early Friday morning. It's like a final wrap-up meeting. And it's a breakfast meeting. Decidedly breakfast. It can't be any later than that. And then I'll book my flight out at like five or six or seven p.m. So that I finish with a client. I have a you're le- you're <laughs> done at nine a.m. I have a legitimate business reason to be there through Friday. However, I am done at nine a.m. Huh? And then I have from nine to five to go do whatever the fuck I want to. All of a sudden, a whole day. Uh huh. This is huh. how I got to go see. Oh my god! I can't even count on one hand the number of museums, shows, tourist attractions, restaurants that I've seen this way. Amazing. Yeah. This is why I like you and I've had lots of conversations about like where on earth we would like to live. This is why I have really solid opinions about where in the United States I'd like to live because I've been to a lot of cities and I always worked in my travel this way. So I had time to explore it as if I were going to live there. If anybody listening out there, especially and even Jane, is in a position in their career where they're kind of looking for a different change. Maybe they've like built a plateau job out of their current job or they're, they're not quite sure what their next move is. Corporate travel is a great thing to take advantage of in order to figure out where you want to go next. Maybe you've never left your hometown. Okay, we'll use corporate travel to go figure out what the rest of the country looks like. I have been known, maybe I shouldn't say this on air. I've been known to take interviews with other companies while on corporate travel trips. But I've also like used it to network with friends of mine that are in that town and just see like what is that town like? What's the lifestyle here? What's the living here? What are other companies that are hiring? Maybe just even do drop bys on people's offices. Like I've walked into offices cold and be like, Can I talk to anybody who's hiring? And they're like, Yeah, do an informational interview. Mm. It's great. I love corporate travel for this, especially if you don't quite know what your next move is. Fantastic. Probably my favorite example of like utilizing corporate travel to fulfill lots of goals. You know me. If one action can fulfill multiple goals, then it's the right action. The best example I have of this in my entire career was in Nashville. I was a subject matter expert in SME for a law firm and a big part of my job was going to visit our clients and do audits for them, do training for them, do all kinds of stuff. One of these, I got told we were going to spend four days in Ohio. So I packed a bag, four polo shirts, four pairs of jeans, four pairs of underwear, <laughs> four pairs of socks, went to Ohio. I finished a day and a half early in Ohio and my lead counsel came to me and he's like, so Vanessa, I need you to go to Tennessee. And I was like, why? And he's like, there's kind of a crisis down there. And he explained the crisis to me. It was an actual crisis. And I was like, okay, done. He's like, great. Cause I already booked you a flight. You're leaving <laughs> in like an hour. And I was like, God damn it. Okay. So I put all four polos, all four pairs of pants, all the things back into my bag, went to Nashville. I was in Nashville for almost a month. My <laughs> jaw just dropped. It was a legitimate crisis. The federal government forgot how to count, apparently. And I had to count for them. It was very fun. But in the meantime, like I basically moved in to the Marriott in Franklin. I have hacked a Marriott within an inch of its life. (laughs) (laughs) I know exactly what day is the best breakfast is served, how to like make homemade iced tea, where the extra hot chocolate packets are, (laughs) where the laundry is, where they keep the good soap, fucking slate it. But the other thing was like after I'd been like posting on my Instagram stories that like I was in Nashville, a couple of my friends picked up on this and were like, well, I live in Nashville. So I like went out with them a couple nights and then like I realized of my friends lived out in Chattanooga. So like I went out there for like a weekend just like hung out with them on their farm. And then one of my friends, he's like, hey, do you live in Nashville now? I'm like, kind <laughs> <Pretty> of. <much. laughs> but he's like, I come to Nashville all the time for my work. And I was like, no way. And he's like, yeah, I'm coming out there next week. And I hadn't seen him since college, but he's like, he's like the head of internal communications for a massive, massive company. You would not believe. And I was like, oh, this is like. A- this is a moment like not only were we friends, but also like we need to catch up on our careers and jobs. And like, maybe I can like make a move over there because I was pretty convinced at the time I was not gonna stay in law. So the week he was here, he texted me and he was like, hey, let's go to dinner. I was like, great. So one night we went to dinner and his pretty unpaid. The next night we went to dinner, and my pretty unpaid. Oh, right. We just kept doing this for like a whole week. And like, by the end of the week, we had solidified all kinds of things. Re-solidified our friendship. I gave him some dating advice. He's now married to the woman. They have two children, it's fantastic. Then he gave me some solid career advice. We're swapping resumes. Fast forward 10 years, I helped him get his next job when he left that job. Like it was amazing. So like corporate travel obviously is something that like the business wants you to do, but you have this these hours in the day, all of this time to make sure that it's working for you too, in a way that you probably couldn't do. Like, I don't know that I'd ever have met up with him again or ever connect with him again except for this like shared moment we have in nashville and to this day we like tell these stories about nashville because we we got up to all kinds of fun things and people are like did y'all live in nashville together we're like "No, don't know those that ever lived in nashville <laughs> um so yeah that's like that's one of those things where if you're constantly traveling use this to expand your network use it to meet up with old friends use it to re-solidify connections that may or may not help you out in the future but like that's an opportunity for you Holland. That was like a literal fuckton. I'm pretty sure. That's a technical term now. Um, how are you feeling? Are you totally converted yet? What? Where are we at? I like that there's these side benefits that can be gained.
1: Because hmm. I'm thinking about, I'm now thinking about my travel schedule for my trip. Yeah. And there is like this afternoon that I have before shit starts to happen and after I get there that I think I could, I could fuck around with. My problem is my hotel is by the conference center, which is 45 minutes from the airport and all the cool shit like the waterfront and the
0: art museum. <laughs> this is another problem of corporate travel is you end up in the suburbs. You have a whole afternoon there though. So get yourself to the city. Big cities usually have lockers or something. Drop your shit there then go do all your stuff okay. and then put your stuff in a taxi head out to the suburbs. Okay just put it in a locker. Yeah yeah. Okay mm-hmm. that was really stressing me out actually. <laughs> And that's, that's why we're doing this episode. Like there are these little tiny things. Like if you don't exercise this muscle all the time, you'll never know.
1: Yeah. Like I don't want to be sadly stuck in my hotel room, like by myself with my stupid hard sided travel case.
0: Especially not in the suburbs. So lame. Dumb. Given this Holland, (laughs) let's dive into logistics because there's a systematized way that you can approach corporate travel that'll help you identify these like moments in your schedule where you're just like, oh my God, I have so much time actually. And I'm going to use it for me. You had me at systematized. I knew it. I've broken this down to like three categories. The first one is like no before you go. The second one is like packing because it's a thing. Please do not get stuck in Tennessee with only four polos and four pairs of pants. You lost me at polos. <laughs> oh, it was the worst. But okay. It was the worst. I'll show you pictures. They were terrible. Okay. Um, and, then, and then the last one is like, let's stay on our best behavior. Do's and don'ts of work travel because it can get a little sketch if you don't watch it. I'm ready. Okay. No before you go. One, you need to understand your company's travel policies. There are lots of ways that you can like get paid for your time that you're not working. Some people like to start with HR. I would go talk to your actual travel booker. They know what the policies are because they're the ones who have to track your time and understand what you're getting paid. So some companies will pay you from door to door. So from your door through the whole trip, all the way back to your door. It's typically the position of like a 1099 or a contract worker, and they're going to pay you at a rate less than your hourly, but they're still going to pay you. For salaried employees, there's probably some reimbursement for like hours in the air or Miles on your car or whatever the thing is, just make sure you understand that and you're maximizing it. And like whatever things you need to track, you track and you turn into your travel person so you can get reimbursed for it. Also, while you're talking to the policy people, (laughs) make sure you understand very clearly what your per diem is, which is how much money you have per day to spend on food. And whether it's weighted, like whether it's you have only this much for breakfast and this much for lunch and this much for dinner, or if it's just you have, you know, $200 a day or whatever the thing is, right? Also understand how the per diem relates to alcohol because some companies will reimburse you for meals, the whole thing. They just want one number at the end of the day. Some companies will not reimburse you for alcohol or they'll reimburse you for up to 10% of a tip, but not the mm-hmm. whole tip. It's one thing to say, yeah, my company is going to pay for my meals, but like, what are they really paying for?
1: Okay. Get the details on that. Got it. Mm-hmm.
0: Totally. Um, the other thing to know before you go is what the hotel situation looks like. You should not under any circumstances be sharing a hotel room, period, the end. This hasn't happened to me, but I have heard people like having to share hotel rooms on corporate trips and it's just a lawsuit waiting to happen. How do you do that without discriminating? How do you do that and guarantee people's safety? How do you do that and guarantee people's health privacy? Like maybe there's a whole bunch of drugs right, I need to take or like right. whatever the thing. It's like just before you sign up for this, before you say yes to this, if like there's any inkling of you having to share a hotel room, you really need to have the conversation up front and quickly. Okay, got it. Um, packing hacks. Short, sweet, to the point. Packing cubes are your best friend. They just are. Corporate travel is typically no more than two or three days. Do not check a bag. Get you a hard-sided carry-on and get some packing cubes and make it happen. You want this as tight and professional and drama-free as possible. You do not want to be the poor person who's supposed to be in a meeting with a client or a vendor and suddenly has lost their luggage and has to go shopping last minute. Ugh. You're allowed to do that for the CEO. That's not a vibe. It. <laughs> right? You also need two sets of toiletries. The toiletries that are in your bathroom and then the travel versions of those that are in this bag always, constantly. I, I used to be traveling every month. And I didn't have time to like wonder if I like, oh, did I run out of that? Did I not run out of that? No. Just every time you come home, refill all the things, put them back in that bag and sit it in with your luggage. That's it.
1: The only travel hack I can bring to the table at this point, <laughs> besides keeping your travel yoga mat in your luggage. I love that. That's amazing. Works for me. um Is I keep travel umbrellas in my luggage. We
0: used them. Um, we went, I mean, we did 36 in New York. I pulled them the fuck out of my tote
1: bag. <laughs> While waiting for the taxi, (laughs) did I cut my finger on it? Yes.
0: Was it only five dollars in Portugal? Yes. Did it keep us dry? (laughs) Absolutely. I loved it. Like anytime you can find little things like that, and the more you travel, the more you'll find those Mm -hmm. those like things that your creature comforts, right? Like I love your yoga mat. You're gonna find those little things that you like you want and are easy to put in your your travel luggage. Yeah. Yeah. If you send your laundry out, it's gonna take a day to get back. Like if you send it through the hotel. But they always, always, always have coin-operated machines on site. So I kept a roll of quarters in my luggage, too. Oh, that's so smart. Just in case. You'll find little things like that that you're like, yeah, this is dope, actually.
1: This episode of Ask Your Work Wife is made possible by Up and Running Design. Whoop, whoop. Okay, Vanessa. (laughs) Up and running design is where I
0: make websites that move your bottom line, your top line, all of the lines. They yeah. all need to be going up. And the, <laughs> where you start with that, isn't a website? It actually isn't. Okay, talk
1: to me. Look, websites are great, but not every business needs one right at the start. And I think it's important that you make a web presence decision based on the needs of your business
0: a men here so,
1: come to me if you know you need a website or if you're not sure mm-hmm. and we can talk about it mm-hmm. i'm not going to sell you a website if you don't need a website i i will say like I want your business to get to a place where you do need a website. There does come a point in time of maturity for a business that you do need a website. If you're already there, great, come to me. We can take you to the next level. Something that I really am intentional about with my clients is making sure that their website will suit their needs now, in two years from now, and in five years from now. We don't have to make it do all the shit it needs to do in five years, but let's make sure that we choose the right platform, the right tools. Um, and set up the structure so that your website will accommodate your business's growth over time, rather than having to like revisit this website presence thing over and over again.
0: Absolutely. You did that with mine. You did it with a couple of our shared clients. And it really causes the client to pause. It did this for me and say like, oh, where do I want this to be in five and 10 years. Like you yeah, don't have to have exactly. the whole business plan out, but like I am notorious for having an idea of buying a domain. <laughs> uh, Just uh, look, look at her, her
1: Google domain cart right now.
0: <laughs> you can make a shit ton of money off of me. If I did, if you didn't ask this question of like, what do you need it to be in 10 years? And it, it forced me to think like, Oh God, dude, I don't even know yet. I guess it gets to sit as a domain for a little bit longer until I'm ready to really get up and running. So if you need a
1: website, to get your business up and running, reach out at upandrunning.design.
0: All
1: right, Vanessa, before the break, you told
0: us that you have some behavioral notes. Oh my God. Which I'm very intrigued by. so many. Okay, I'm thrilled. First and foremost, like, so there's a couple different types of corporate travel. One is the type where you're going to visit a client, a vendor, or a satellite office or whatever. Those usually have their own agenda items, their own like deliverables, their own thing. And it's, it's actually you there doing the work. That's the thing. If you're going to travel for conferences or educational things, we call this fluff travel, you're probably going to end up having to do a report afterwards that just shows why we spent this money to send you out here. I went to a social media conference in San Diego. I did a lot of whale watching. It was very fun. I had to write a report on like why it was useful to this company. It was not, but I wrote the report anyway. Right? <laughs> um, but it's super useful to know what the format of that deliverable, that report is before you go so that you kind of have it pre-made and a little pre-written before you go. You just fill it in. You turn it in as soon as you get back. Like there's no waiting on it, no ifs, ands, or buts. Like if you want to be able to do that again, you need to be able to like check the boxes. Prove the ROI for for Mm
1: -hmm. your company. Yeah. Yep.
0: Because your manager is going to get asked by her manager, hey, why do we send Vanessa off to this thing in San Diego and what does it do for me now? Like it's going to affect the bottom line because you just spent $3,000 to do it. Right? Totally. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's. That's probably number one. Um, Number two is, I think this goes without saying, but we're going to talk about it anyway. On work trips, you're the face of the company. You might be meeting with vendors, with clients, with factory workers or whoever that never sees anyone from the company except this one a year visit that you're on. So you represent everyone from the founder and the CEO down to the garbage man. You represent everyone in this company. You need to be absolutely the best corporate representative. You love everything about this company. There's no bitching. There's no backbiting. There's no gossiping. If you're there with other people, you need to also make sure that you understand your dynamic between these people. Are they people that have titles that are above you, below you, around you, and work on that management? You need to be on interview footing. We're not hooking up with our coworkers. Oh my God. Okay. Like, (laughs) again, this maybe goes without saying, but like, we're not doing it. I don't care how hot they are. I don't care what the deal is. I don't care if everybody's single. The answer is no. The answer is no. That being said, you do need to be social. Like these are social things that are happening. There's always like a work day and then there's like a dinner together and maybe a drink or two. You need to be prepared to do all of that for a couple of reasons. One, that's what's expected of you. Two, These are the times when like deals get made. Do you know what I'm saying? This is the time real networking happens. This is the the current equivalent of like going to the golf course with your manager. Like this is where the wheeling and dealing happens. So if you're out with like a C-level and they invite you to dinner and to stay for drinks, you're going to stay. Make sure you're appropriately boundaried. You know what I mean? Like this is not like a weird sexual invitation. This is normal networking behavior. I mean, this is the moment where you garner more social capital. This is where your your upper level management will get to know you as a person and like you and understand what you do for, for work. And like it can make or break your career. I've seen people come back from even even like recruiting trips, just a drive to a college campus, and they happen to be in the vehicle with a C-suite, and they shot themselves in the foot because they're too brown nosy. Mm. Or they came back and like got a promotion quickly. It can make or break it. It's a scary place to be, and it requires all your attention. Point being, like you have some priceless time with people that you never, ever, ever get FaceTime with, and probably never will again until this trip comes up next year. So if you want to be in the room where it happens – That's it. It might be a plane. It might be the car. It might be the hotel lobby, whatever it is, like this is the time. So make sure you're there. Make sure you do your job. Make sure you are the least dramatic person on the trip, but that you're also maximizing your FaceTime opportunities. Last but really truly not least, you need to be the best, most organized person of your entire life on this trip. You are never late. You're 10 minutes early. You're not attaching your travel to anyone else's like you're not waiting on a coworker to pick you up you're just completely within your hands. Like you are the master of your destiny in this trip. And like you do not want to be like you, you need to be not the reason that there's any attention drawn to you. That's a negative.
1: Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got it.
0: Okay. We're, we're rounding the corner on this Holland. Where are you at now? Are you fully converted yet? Are you going to love the fuck out of this corporate travel trip? Honestly,
1: I think what did it for me is like, sure, it's nice to know how things can go down, where to put my luggage, all that stuff. It's nice to know that I can get some me time in there because um, who doesn't want to yeah, visit please. another museum
0: is, yeah, and another waterfront? I'm sorry. Is my company paying for my self-care? Yeah,
1: they sure are. <laughs> Fabulous. But I think what really sealed the deal for me is like knowing what a great opportunity this will be
0: for my career, yes. you know? So like, Yes. And that, like, that's my takeaway for Jane is like, Jane, what are your next three moves? Can you further, can you move the ball down the field this is the only sports analogy I know and use appropriately. Can you move the ball down the field in the middle of this trip? The answer sounds to be yes. Yes. This is the only time I'll say the answer is yes. All right. So Jane, you and I have some homework to do. Mm-hmm. I need notes from both of you. That's your homework. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs>
1: question for Ask Your Workwife? Record your question and email the recording to help at askyourworkwife.com. Include your name, your city if you want, and whatever context might be useful for us to know. And don't forget to start with, hey, Workwives.
0: So Jane, you and I have some homework to do. And I need reports, like on my desk in morning, <laughs> like
1: So the report, to be clear, is not on the waterfront or the museum.
0: It can be. (laughs) Like, let me tell you, if you ran into some... Let's see. Okay, Wait, who are we running into? Hot billionaires, because I want to be a trophy Ah! wife at some point. For you. (laughs) For me. So I'm running... You need to run into hot billionaires in that city (laughs) so that they can move to Houston, and I can be a trophy wife, because I'm sure shit not moving to that city. It's fine. I've already been there. I know it's cold as fuck. (laughs) But like, that's... That's what I need. Jane, you can give me a report on how you feel about corporate travel. Holland is giving me a report on the billionaire she runs into. That's gotcha. the vibe. <laughs>